another week, another close loss by the Sun Devils, this time on the road at number five, Washington, 15 to seven. A game that featured an outstanding defensive effort by the Sun Devils, probably the best one we've seen this century considering the caliber of opponent. But on the other hand, the Arizona State offense continues to struggle. So what are some of the elements that contributed to this performance on both sides of the ball? Well, for that purpose, I invited my former staff member, Cole Topham, somebody who breaks down film like no other and does a great job with his analysis to discuss what we've seen in Seattle last weekend and what we can expect to see this coming Saturday when Arizona State hosts Washington State, a contest where both coaching staffs are very familiar with each other, which will make it that much more intriguing. So thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Devil's Junkies Podcast. I'm your host and devilsdigest.com publisher, Hode Rubino. And on today's episode, I wanted to bring somebody who breaks film like no other, uh, did a great analysis of uh, current Arizona State uh, defensive coordinator, Brian Ward, who was a defensive coordinator for Washington State last season and is very familiar with all the uh, in and outs of that defensive system, a defense that played outstanding football um, in, in Seattle last Saturday. So couldn't think of anybody else more qualified to uh, discuss uh, what we saw from uh, this defense on Saturday and what we might see from the same unit this coming Saturday. I'm joined by Cole Topham. Cole, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I mean, I think I can speak for all of us that we were pretty amazed at what we saw from Brian Ward's scheme. Um, last Saturday against Washington, especially one of the most potent offenses in the Pac-12 in the country. So to see what he did to to bring a top five team down to their knees like that was was pretty impressive, and definitely one of the one of the best defensive efforts that I've seen uh, since our, I arrived in Arizona four years ago. Absolutely. So t- take a, take us into the you know X's and O's, so to speak. What did Arizona State do so well that, you know, a team like Oregon, whose defense is probably just as good as Arizona State's, some will say even better, what what were they able to do that maybe other teams were not able to do to Washington, not only this season, but I would, I would even go back to the 2022 campaign? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, they rattled Penix early. I mean, they had the early interception. Um, you, you had... You were in the defensive back, or sorry, you're in the you're in the offensive backfield early. You're getting passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you're basically just making it as hard as possible for Penix to not get in that groove where he's clicking on all cylinders with his receivers, where he can he can see the field and Washington can run all the different concepts that the receivers are so good at because um, they're so deep in that position. And basically, uh, you. You simplify it. You have, you, you have to simplify it for Penix in order for him to like trust trust the field and trust his reads. So I think that was what was what was good about Ward's scheme was they just, they really shook him early to the point where um, you know Penix maybe started to get a little bit more antsy, started to uh, make some bad decisions where he wanted to push the deep ball that he hadn't been able to do all, all game long. And then you, you saw some throws that, you know, maybe weren't his best or weren't, weren't the best quality just because he was so frustrated at that point. 
You know, when you look at uh, the approach that some other teams uh, took against Washington earlier in the year, and I specifically talk about, let's say, University of Arizona, who, by the way, their defense is playing on a very high level right now, and that's why they're having the success that they're having. But it seemed like a team like the Wildcats uh, were just content of uh, giving Penix the uh, the short throws, so dropping uh, more people in coverage, keeping everything in front of them, maybe daring Washington to run the ball. And I'm not saying they have a horrible rushing attack, but it's not really the, the greatest either in the conference. And here's ASU just absolutely taking, some would say, calculated risk in pressuring Penix, not really dropping a whole lot into coverage. They shut down the Huskies' running game as it is. I mean, not only uh, with all the tackles for loss, but also just in general, just limiting limiting them to only 13 yards rushing. Um, it, it must be, you know, pretty ballsy, for lack of a better term, for Brian Ward to rattle Penix and not worry about the ramifications of what would happen if, you know, you get burned on a blitz, what have you. And obviously it's a gamble that uh, paid off quite nicely for the Sun Devils. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, you're especially right considering Penix's arm and what he can do with it and the types of throws that he's made. Uh, that's just a mentality that not a lot of teams that have faced Washington have been willing to die by, right? Like, they don't, they don't want Penix to to try leave it to their own devices to have Penix, like, you know, beat them with his arm. And Arizona State, like, you know... They weren't going to do that, obviously, but they were also not going to leave their identity of being an, an aggressive defense just because of, you know, the guy in the pocket on, on the other side of the ball. Like, they were going to stick to their identity. They were, they were going to take their chances. They were, you know, going to try and grab some turnovers that could really shift the tide of this game. And like I said before, I think the best, the best aspect that it brought out in the defense was that it made a statement early. And it set the tone for how Penix was going to maneuver, you know, around this defense for the rest of the game. What do you think allowed Arizona State in specific to finally get those coveted turnovers, something they had a really hard time in the first six games of the year? Yeah, I mean, I think when you had me on earlier this season, I said, at the end of the day, sometimes it just comes down to luck, right? I, I think there was, there was some moments, there were a lot of moments earlier in the season where, the defensive backs had chances. Um, there, you know, there was there was some some balls on the ground where um, the offense was able to recover. And sometimes you just need to be in the right position at the right time. That's a lot about. That's just a lot of turnovers. Is is that aspect in particular? And against Washington, like the you know everything. Everything turned out the way that the Sun Devils wanted to. They were in the right positions. They were playing sound coverage. Um, you know, you had a good, good symmetry uh, between the pass rush and the and the, and the secondary, where um, you know Penix was was forced off his landmark on a few throws, and that may have affected his accuracy a lot. Um, they were getting pressure on third down, so just a lot of those things like stacked up on top of each other. Um, especially this this defense that has now finally found its groove and played really well the last three weeks, um, you, you're starting to see it come to fruition a lot more. Is there any one player, Cole, that uh, has maybe surprised you on defense? Maybe uh, you know snuck up um, on us a little. I mean, obviously he got the 
you know, obvious guys like, you know, B.J. Green or, you know, Roe Torrance, uh, Jordan Clark, uh, who really hit, really have played well. Um, and I know Jordan Clark has been bothered with injuries, but nonetheless, I mean, those have been some of the players that you expected to stand out, and sure enough, they are. But is there any one or two specific players that uh, have really been a pleasant surprise and really allowed to flourish in this Brian Ward scheme this year? Yeah, I mean, just looking at off the stat sheet and from what I saw and, and whose name was getting called on the broadcast on Saturday, like Caleb McCullough stepping up, you know, eight tackles, six of them solo, and then one and a half tackles for losses. Like, um, looking at the 2D heading into spring and then fall, you really didn't see Caleb at the top. You know, you thought it was going to be a combination of Will Schaefer and uh, Travion Ward or Will Schaefer and Tay Romney or, you know, any, any combination of those three guys. And Caleb was kind of like the odd man out, but it, it, from from what I saw against Washington, it's it's clear that dude's ready to play um, and that he can be an asset in the run game as well. So I think him taking some strides um, in this year with the program has definitely been an, a, a nice surprise. And then Ed Woods as well. I mean, I think you know he had a, a few you know questionable moments in coverage where it could have gone either way, but I think for the most part, he's been a rock solid number two corner for ASU this season. So you look, you look at a game like Washington State, and this is really the ultimate uh, chess match. I mean, probably no different than what we're going to see in a few weeks when ASU plays Oregon. So many familiarity between both both coaching staffs. Uh, do you think Ryan Ward really has to, I'm not going to say reinvent the wheel, but probably be more creative than he would be normally when you only have one week between games just because uh, – the, the offensive staff for, for the Cougars knows his tendencies, his, uh, you know, go-to plays? Or do you really think that Ward, um, if it basically has to stick to the motto, if it's not broken, don't fix it? And right now, there's really nothing broken with this ASU defense. Yeah. No, I really don't think you need to change your whole entire, entire identity in a week just because, you know, you were on staff at that program last year. I think, you know, just... You have, you have so many games on film already of this scheme and, like, you know, what tendencies they like to go to, what coverages like they like to play in certain situations. At this point in the year, you're, it's pretty obvious what teams' identities are. And it's pretty clear that ASU will be an aggressive defense. They'll pick their chances to pin their ears back and, and come rush a quarterback um, for the most part. They've been pretty sound uh, defensively especially defending the, the vertical pass game. And so Washington State, they're, they're just they're going to see that on film. Um, and to completely overhaul that mindset for the, for the sake of, you know, for, for the sake of like, oh, you know, we know Brian Ward's uh, tendencies on defense is, I don't know, that, that, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> Okay, well, now, now we got the pleasant stuff uh, out of the way with, again, the superb play of the ASU defense. Let, let, let's talk about the offense. And, look, I mean, it's not that Washington is a pushover defense by any means, but uh, it's also not a defense that uh, is really all that dominant, like a Utah, for example, that can just you know go off there and, and nearly shut out teams left and right. But uh, sure enough, ASU scoring only seven points, and granted, you know, issues uh, with, with the field goal kicking did not help uh, matters. But you know, somebody who watched the game and probably rewatched it later on. Uh, what do you think are some of the uh, aspects that really plagued 
the ASU offense that caused them to struggle uh, so much, especially in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, just really not converting in critical situations. Uh, I think ASU, for the most part, like they dominated the run game. It was it was something that they could lean on for most of the game, and that probably opened up the rest of their passing structure. But you know, down the stretch, I just feel like ASU needed to do a better job of just getting the ball to their their best playmakers, whether that's um, you know Cam Scadaboo in their in the receiving game or Elijah Badger. Um, I know they were trying to get the ball to Jalen Conyers on that on that one fourth down, but just I want to see more involvement of like. These are our dudes that we're trying to get. We're going to live and die by trying to get the ball to these dudes. Um, and I guess for me in particular, I didn't really have that many qualms about the play call. I just wish it went to a different guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Trent Borgay, you know, reading the field side, it's a long throw for him. And he's, you know, he's throwing to him a more undersized receiver and Melquan Soval on the field side. I'd rather, you know, that, that ball go to, Elijah Badger over the middle, or Jalen Conyers, you know, to a player that Trenton Borgay has trust in and that he's done it before with in those clutch situations. Um, so I think that's just ultimately what I want the Sun Devils to, what I want to see more from the Sun Devils is a little bit more of a, a concerted effort to get the ball to their dudes. And you're facing now Washington State uh, defense that in the last four games has given up uh, over th- over 35 points on average. Do you feel that this is a team that the offense can finally break out, um, especially you know wanting to bounce back from a horrible performance in Seattle last Saturday? Or do you feel that we might have to be a little more cautious, a little more reserved, uh, thinking about uh, this offense really playing at a higher level? And, and, I, and I think it's ironic that in losses... To, uh, to Cal and to Colorado, the passing game was not an issue at all. Trent Borgay threw for over 300 yards. It was just the running game that was stalled. And uh, last Saturday, obviously, was a reversal where the uh, running game was really clicking, maybe not on all cylinders, but, but playing very, very well. Some people might say that ASU should have ran the ball more, but the passing game um, absolutely stalled compared to the, to the past couple contests. I mean, do you think that this week is really an opportunity for this offense to put it all together uh, and, and lead um, ASU to their first Power 5 win of the year? Or do you think you still have to be somewhat, I don't want to say apprehensive, but maybe guarded about the capabilities of this offense? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can definitely see a more complete picture from the offense this weekend. I think you definitely need the defense to continue their dominance and... Um, play complementary football because more chances for the offense on the field is is going to result in you know more chances for points and especially when you have someone as aggressive like Kenny Dillingham who you know at this point in the season recognizes where his roster's at from an injury standpoint and maybe doesn't have the bodies to uh, field a, a long uh, feel or feel comfortable about a long field goal try then you're not. You, your chances for points are going to be more limited to, um, you know, getting in, getting in red zone opportunities and having four shots at the end zone. Um, and so I think in order to do that, you know, you need to keep defenses honest with the run game. Um, like I said before, you got to get the ball to your dudes and you got to take some vertical shots as well. Um, so 
ultimately it comes down to that, those three aspects of the offense. And if you check the box on, on two of those and in the fourth quarter, you're, you're trying to get, you know, one of those boxes going that I think AZ has a, has a chance. And for those who don't know, uh, Cole Topham is uh, these days part of the uh, Scottsdale Suara um, high school coaching staff. And I'm obviously not comparing, you know, the high school level to, to, to the Pac-12 level uh, in terms of just, you know, athletic ability, play calling. But when it comes to team culture, I think uh, you can definitely find a, a common denominator regardless regardless of the level of play. Um, you know, as, as part of a coaching staff, you know, that the that you, the the you know season has, has gone pretty well for Soaro until now. You probably wanted to be better, but it's you know definitely not a struggle like Arizona State's experiencing. Um, how how impressed are you? You know, not being a part of a coaching staff to see what ASU is able to do just from that so-called team culture and really keeping everybody focused and engaged when you're you know just just getting beat you know six games in a row now. Uh, I mean, how yeah. impressed are you from that aspect of really able to keep to, to keep the team to the, the team together uh, and, and locked in? Um, because again, I mean, I know there's no moral victories, but you know, for for Las Vegas to still have ASU as a double-digit underdog in some games uh, almost seems like a sick joke because uh, this team covers and covers easily. I know it's good for betters, not good for the team, but nonetheless, I mean, ASU for a 1-6 team is not making anybody life's easy when, when they do uh, take the field every Saturday. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Like, a, lo- a loss is a loss. You're going to feel the same way after after every game where, uh, you know, you don't score as much points as the other team, but I think the biggest biggest thing that we see every Saturday is this team fights. Um, this team easily could have given up at the beginning of the season when they realized that they weren't going to be playing for a bowl game. They could have given up after the Fresno State loss. They could have given up after that after that close game to Colorado. Mm-hmm. But this team comes to play every single Saturday, no matter who the opponent is, no matter um, what ranking the opponent is, and just believes in their in themselves that they have a chance to make this game competitive and heading into the fourth quarter it can be anyone's game no matter you know no matter who has the football so I think that's the biggest thing is being on being on a coach on a football staff this season makes you realize like how much attitude and effort is player led mm-hmm. right like you can you can say it as you as much as you want as a coach that you want to be this type of team, right? That that you want players to run the run to the ball. You want players to to block on the perimeter every single play. You can say that you can coach that all you want, but ultimately it's up to the players if they want to do it or not, and if they're gonna if they're gonna hold each other accountable um, to make that happen on the field uh, on Fridays on Saturdays, and that's what I see with ASU is. That aspect of the program is very player-led, that these guys are going to build each other back up. They're going to have each other's backs, and they're going to give max effort on Saturdays um, no matter what the score is or, or where what point they're at in the game. Um, they're going to continue to fight, and Kenny Gilliam has preached for – since he got here, that that's what team that's the team that he wants Arizona State to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, like Kenny Kenny can say it all he wants, but the players have to go do it. And it's clear the players have bought into that and hold each other accountable to that that mentality. Yeah. Well, Carl, as always, always I appreciate uh, your insight. Uh, best of luck uh, with the rest of the season uh, with the, with the SaberCats, and I'm sure we'll uh, catch uh, you sometime down the road. Yeah. No, I appreciate you for having me, uh, and. 
you know, hopefully I'm back on and talking about a win. And that'll do it for this episode of the Devil's Junkies podcast. I'd like to, again, to thank my guest Cole Topham for his great breakdown of the Sun Devils performance. And as mentioned, a very intriguing game awaits Arizona State when they do host the Cougars on Saturday. Washington State is a, a team that lost three games in a row. Is this going to be the weekend that Arizona State finally gets that first Power 5 win? Well, we're going to have a bunch of features to get you ready for Saturday, as well as our in-game and post-game coverage. And if you want to make sure you're not going to miss any of our content leading up to the game, as well as on game day, then make sure you're a subscriber at devilsdigest.com. We would love to have you as part of our Sun Devil community. So thank you again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. 